Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. It's so good to be here with you all again and with you people online. That's fantastic. And uh, retirement is a, um, is, a false, is a false statement for me. Uh, I'm actually doing some training. Uh, to, so I've gone back to uni, can you believe it? And I'm learning to be a professional supervisor. So now I professionally supervise pastors, I mentor, I train, and I coach people in ministry. And one of the people that I've been mentoring for many years and uh, moving into a supervision capacity is young Sam Haddon. So um, Sam, when you watch this, um, our first appointment's on the 24th of November. And so it's just so good to be able to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm finishing in a couple of weeks. I've already got a, a number of people uh, that know me that have, have linked in with that sort of ministry. So it's just a great uh, delight to be here again. I love the opportunity to be here. I was here just after Easter. I think the first Sunday after Easter I was here. And uh, things were very fresh and new for everybody in the church. Well, today I want to bring you a word of an encouragement. Sam said that I could pretty much speak on anything that I really felt strongly about. And today I want to bring you a word of encouragement. Uh, it's been a really tough couple of years. I think uh, we're all, as uh, our song leader said, you know, people are now trying to get out and get going and all those things. But it's been a really tough time. I know it's been tough in churches because I was leading a church through COVID. So I know how difficult and challenging that's been. And it's been challenging in this church. I understand that and know that to be true. Um, and, but it's also the same for businesses. I'm so heartbroken when I go down little shopping streets and the shops are open, I now see closed. That just breaks my heart. People that have, that have tried to invest their dreams and sow their thoughts have, have found the last couple of years just devastating. And I know that socially too, I, I find that people socially are trying to get out, but some of us are still on the bit of the back foot. Some of us are still kind of a little bit contained in ourselves. So I want to bring a word of encouragement today that we can be in Jesus renewed, that we can be restored, that we can be relaunched. Um, how can we do that? How can we uh, get going again when we've been flattened, when we've been set back, when we go through a difficulty? How can we do that? That's what I want to look at today. So let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just want to lift up Sam now as he jets his way on a long journey over to the US. We just want to pray for him right now that he would be, as he lands, ready to receive, that he would come back refreshed, renewed, and that he would have that uh, sense of vision um, reignited in his mind. And so we pray for him. But we also pray for us here gathered in this building and for the many people who are watching in their space at home or wherever they may be. We just pray that you would be with us today. Lord, you know how we are fared. You know what the last two years has been for each one of us. Very different, very diverse experience. And so, Lord, we just want to open ourselves to you today. We just want to say, Lord, speak to us words of encouragement. Words that would build us up from your word into our hearts so that we might be what Jesus has called us and who he has called us to be. In his precious name we pray. Amen. Uh, well, I've got good news. The good news today is that we can be, and I want to look at the restoration of Peter. You know, at the end of John's Gospel... 
uh, we find that Jesus has this conversation with Peter. And it's the conversation they have on the beach. And uh, Peter, we know, had been through a pretty torrid thing. Peter had denied Jesus. How many people remember that? Remember that? He, had, he was the one. It's interesting. We say, oh, Peter denied Jesus, but where were the other 11? You know? <laughs> he had the guts at least to have a go and he turned up and there he was in the courtyard of the high priest and, and Jesus had said to him, listen, I tell you what, before the rooster crows this morning, you will have denied me three times. And Peter denied that, but there he was warming himself by the charcoal fire and he was asked on several occasions by the bystanders, do you know that man? And on three occasions... He said he didn't know him. And it would be interesting to think maybe that's, you'd be so down because Jesus looked at him. He gave him a steely glance. And the Bible says that Peter just broke down. The conviction, the look of the Lord was too much for him to take. And he broke down. But that wasn't the end of Peter's story. You would think, well, that's it. He's just denied Jesus. It's all over. He, he's just back on the shelf Go fishing for the rest of your life. That's not where Jesus left him. Do you know what? As we read on in John's gospel, we see this beautiful story. And I'm going to read it for you in a moment. We see this beautiful story how Peter is restored. He's renewed. He's refreshed. And he's launched again back into life, back into ministry, back into purpose. So that's what he was. He was restored. He was renewed. He was relaunched. He had an encounter with the risen Christ and he had a renewal in the Holy Spirit. And we see a very different Peter in the New Testament for the rest of the New Testament that we saw in the courtyard of the high priest. And the difference was that he had an encounter with the risen Jesus. And he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that made him change. The great news for us, friends, we can also have that encounter with Jesus. Anyone had an encounter with Jesus? Three people have had an encounter with Jesus on this side. I'm going over to the godly side. How many people on this side of the room have had an encounter with Jesus? I'll go back and give you a second chance. How many people on this side have had an encounter with Jesus? How many people have had an encounter with the Holy Spirit? It's come and be... Come on. <laughs> See, this is the difference. To know and encounter the living Jesus and to know His Holy Spirit within our lives, that is what makes the difference in the way that we can live the rest of our lives. And that was the difference with Peter. And we find that in this story of him. And so we're in John chapter 21. I'm just going to read it for you. I'm going to pick it up at verse 15. It says, Jesus is the heading. Jesus reinstates Peter. When they had finished eating, because they're on the beach and they bought a great haul of fish. Jesus was there. Peter jumped in enthusiastically and ran to him. I'll come back to that. I'll come back to that. Jesus said to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Well, Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly I say to you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. And when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. 
Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death that Peter would glorify God. Then he said to Peter, follow me. Wow. So we have this great contrast of the threefold denial. And we've got these threefold questions of Jesus where he says to Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? And he, he restores him bit by bit by reaffirming what his role will be in the New Testament. And it's interesting here uh, that Jesus loves him and forgives him and gives him another chance. See, in our relationship, sometimes we might pronounce forgiveness and we might say to people who that have heard us, yes, I, yes, I forgive you, and the words come out of our mouths. But do we love them and trust them enough to restore them and to give them another go? Here we find with Jesus and Peter, Jesus sees in Peter all, that, all his potential and he reaches into that space and he gives him a mission, a renewal, a future, a destiny to live, to live the life of a pillar in the New Testament church. See, Jesus is, perhaps is not like us, but Jesus is the saviour of the second chance. Sometimes in life I think we need a second chance, to be honest. If you know me, you'll know that I've needed third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. I think I'm up to about a million at the moment. We need repetitive times where we can be renewed and restored. And the great thing is that Jesus is always willing to forgive. He's always willing to restore. And he's always willing to help us into a new destiny, a life with him, empowered by the Holy Spirit and inspired by the resurrection. And so that's what he is. You see, at times, I think, at times, you might want to give up on yourself. But I want to tell you this in Jesus' name. Jesus never gives up on you. There are times where you might want to give up on yourself. But Jesus never gives up on you. There are times where you people over here, you might want to give up on yourself. You say, I'm so hopeless. I'm done. I've blown it too many times. Jesus never gives up on you. Jesus is about the business of restoring you, of renewing you and relaunching you into a better future. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Jesus can pick us up and move us to where we need to be in his name. He is in the business of restoration. He is in the business of relaunching us into the things of God. This is good news. Anyone say hallelujah around here or anything enthusiastic? Do we do, we do anything like that? Okay. A couple of murmurs says the people of God were alive. Out there, it's good news. <laughs> Jesus forgives us and he trusts us. And so he didn't leave Peter down and out. He allowed Peter to return to him. It's a great lesson for us. It's very interesting on that same night, there were two people that denied Jesus in their own way. Who was the second one? He's actually the first. Peter was the second. Who was the first one that denied Jesus on the night that he was betrayed? It was Judas. So Judas... Let Jesus down. In fact, he dobbed him in and allowed him to be arrested. In fact, he identified Jesus to the guards so they could arrest him. And Peter let Jesus down in a different way. But it was interesting. Note the two responses. When Judas did what he did, Jesus said, you know, go and do quickly what you need to do. Judas ran from Jesus. But when Peter got the opportunity and he saw Jesus on the shore, he jumped out of the boat. And do you know what? Peter ran to Jesus. What do we do? 
What do you do? What do I do? When we've blown it, when we've messed up, when we're feeling badly about ourselves, do we run from Jesus or do we run to Jesus? Friends, I just want to encourage us today, let's run to Jesus. There's always hope. There's always restoration. There's always forgiveness. There's always reconciliation. There's always a brighter future when we run to Jesus and not from Jesus. We are never so lost. We are never so down. We are never so sinful that there is not bright hope and future for us when we find ourselves at the foot of the cross and we're reconciled and renewed and restored and relaunched into a wonderful, spirit-empowered life. How can we do that? You know, he wants to relaunch us i think the way that we do that is we focus on two things i think we need to focus on our hearts and then we need to focus on our hands we need to embrace jesus again with our heart and then we need to serve him with our hands i think they're the two things that we need to do and they need to go in that order hearts and hands it's interesting that jesus asks this heart question to uh, peter and it's interesting um he says to Peter, um, Simon, son of John. And I've never heard Jesus call Peter Simon, son of John. I am Larry Ian Galbraith. And whenever I heard that at school, I can tell you this. It was never good news. And when my mother wanted my attention, she when, when it was Larry Ian Galbraith, and it was always high-pitched, firm, and it was Larry Ian Galbraith. What the? I knew one thing. I had to be called for a reckoning. Right? Do you understand that? <laughs> Can you remember those days where your whole name was spelt out? You think, why did God give me? Why was I given three names or two names? It's because they were going to be used to rebuke you. <laughs> it was always, my mother used to say, Laz, Laz, Laz. When I did wrong, it was, Larry, are you jailbreak? Get over here. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Jesus puts it on him. Jesus puts it on him. You see, we might believe in God, we might fear God, we might acknowledge God is out there and real. Very interesting thing for the first time as I worked hard on this passage, I noticed the question was not do you believe in me, do you acknowledge me, it was do you love me. I think it's a resonating question for us this morning, is that do we love Jesus? More than belief, more than acknowledge, it's relational. Do you love me? And of course, he asks Peter that same question, uh, the head and the heart's questions. He asks him that question three times. Do you love me? And then Peter is, is struggling with that and finding it, he's finding it very disturbing that Jesus would ask him three times. Um, and you think, oh, well, what's wrong with Peter? Don't you recognize that, you know, you've done it, you've blown it three times. This is just your, your comeuppance for that. Uh, just go home and ask somebody that you love. Just say, do you love me? And when they respond, just ask them again. And then ask them again and just see what sort of response you're going to get once you've tried it on for three times. You bet, I tell you what, you ought to duck sometimes when you ask the thing, same question three times. Do you love me? Do you love me? So there's this encounter with Jesus that he's pulling Peter deeper and deeper and deeper into the relational aspect of their, of their friendship. Do you love me? And so this searching question in our lives, do we love Jesus? And how do we love Jesus? And why do we love Jesus? 
Well, here's some verses that help us through that. I love these verses. Because in myself, have I got enough in me to love Jesus like I need to? Well, these verses tell us a great thing. These are from John, again, the gospel writer here. He writes these beautiful letters at the end of the New Testament. And they're filled with advice about love. And he says this, this is the key to our loving God. We love because he first loved us. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Verse 16. And so we know and rely on the love of the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. We love because he first loved us. How can we love Jesus? Why do we love Jesus? We love Jesus because he first loved us. He reached out and rescued us. He came after us. I love the song that we sang uh, uh, or going to sing about you know Jesus seeking us out as uh, as a sheep see, as a shepherd seeks out its lost sheep, and so we love because he has reached down and God so loved the world that he gave his only Son and that he's poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, and so we love because he has first loved us. You know, I come from a family um, where my mother used my whole name to get my attention. But the other thing we had as a struggle as a family is that my dad left home when I was six. Uh, he just got up one morning and shaved and walked out the door. That was a life-changing moment for me because he never said goodbye and I never heard from him for the next 26 years. There were no cards, there were no presents, there were no visits, there were no phone calls and that they had decided, my mother and father, to secret wherever he was away from us. And so it was very difficult for me when I became a Christian at the age of 15 in, uh, in school scripture. There are miracles that happen in school scripture. Um, I gave my life to Christ uh, when I was 15 in a, in a scripture class. And then I went, I was called, it was interesting, I, I, I gave my life to Christ when I was 15, but I was called to ministry when I was 16, very clearly. I went into Bible college when I was 18. But one of the things I carried in my baggage was that I struggled with the love of God. I struggled to know that God the Father loved me because my father had just up and gone uh, without even the courtesy of anything. And so I went over to the principal one day because I was struggling with this. I was learning lots, but I was struggling with this. So I went over to the principal and I said to him, he was an unusual, he was very bright, I loved him. He was a courageous thinker. He's a wonderful man, a very quiet man, an incredibly introverted man, Dr. Knox. And I went over to Dr. Knox. I remember I was in the food hall at that particular time at our Bible college. And I went over and I said to Dr. Knox, I said, Dr. Knox, I'm really struggling with the love of God. I'm really struggling to feel God's love in my life. You know, I know Jesus and follow Jesus, but I'm really struggling to absorb the love of God. And in his own quirky, high-pitched way, he said this, Ooh, you... Well, what you need to do is you need to meditate on the cross. Hmm. Meditate on the cross. Then he turned around and walked away. I just, that's it. 
you're not a counsellor, man. You are such a theological genius, but you are not a counsellor. And he walked away since that day to understand the love of Christ, meditate on the cross because God so loved the world that he sent his Jesus to die on the cross so that we might be forgiven. That was the most incredible revelation I think I had at Bible college was to meditate on the cross and there I would see the love of God. And allow that. And so the whole idea that God is with me and he will never forsake me and he is my loving heavenly father is pivotal to who I am. Because that is how we love God is that we receive the love of God. So receive, meditate on these verses and receive the love of God into your life today. And then he asks him after the hard question of do you love me, will you serve me? Then he says feed my sheep and he says it in a number of ways. See, this is the responsibility that Peter, who was a leader in the New Testament church, was given. That was his job. We've all got different jobs. His job was to feed God's sheep, his people. Feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, and feed my sheep. Peter would go on, of course, to be a dynamic presence and powerhouse in the New Testament church. You see, our service from Christ doesn't come from fear. Whatever we do from Jesus just doesn't come from raw duty. What we do for Jesus does not come from trying to earn his forgiveness. Do you know where it comes from? It's generated by his grace and the response in our hearts of gratitude. It is generated from his grace and the response in our heart of gratitude. So we receive the love of God and we're so grateful that we love and follow Jesus wherever that may be. He was called to feed God's sheep to look after the church. Do you love me with all your heart and will you serve me with all your hands? Is a great question for us today. And we're all different. Very, very few of us are called to uh, be shepherds like uh, Kristen and Sam and others. Very few people. But do you know what? God has given you gifts. God has given you talents. God has given you experiences. God has given you capacities. God has given you exactly what he wants you to have. And the question is, are we using those things out of our love for Jesus to serve him with our hands? Are we loving him with all our hearts? Are we serving with him with all our hands? Because we need to do that. And particularly if we're getting out of this, this mire of the last couple of years and we push ahead, we need to re-engage. Re-engage with Jesus and re-engage with our love for him and our service of him. And so whatever you've been given, please use that to make an impact in the kingdom of God and life of the church and in this mission of the lower north shore. Speak that out. Let's be, let's be the light and presence and the salt and the light of this particular community out here and, of course, the community that meets with us online. So each of us has these responsibilities. Please find Fill and function in your God-given calling, whatever it might be. Find, fill and function in your God-given calling. My calling has changed in the last 12 months, but I'm still absolutely clear about what it is. I have it written down, I read it, and it's in my heart and it emanates out of my life. To find, fill and function in that, it's transformational. You know, here's Peter cowering, a coward in the courtyard of the high priest, then if you, we read in Acts, and I won't take time to read it now, but in Acts chapter 4, here he is. He is a powerful, persuasive preacher. And they're astonished. They say, who is this guy? Then they recognize that he'd been with Jesus because that's the difference. 
It is when we have been with Jesus and we are touched and filled with his Holy Spirit that we have the power to do the things that people will think is incredible. You know, people might say, well, who are you? What the? Who are that? Because we've known Jesus and we're filled with his Spirit, we can do what he calls us to do. Peter, an unlikely person, now a powerful, persuasive preacher and leader in the New Testament church. Why? Because he'd encountered the risen Christ and he'd empowered by the Holy Spirit. See, no matter how far we fall, no matter how badly we might fail, friends, I believe that we can be restored. I believe that we need to be restored. I believe that we can be renewed. We need to be renewed. And I believe that we can be relaunched when we have an encounter with Christ and his Holy Spirit. You know, I think the last couple of years have been pretty rugged. I found it incredibly difficult. I like order and rhythm and the sameness every, every, every time. That's my strength. Very difficult to change all the time, both personally and in my workplace. It was very, very difficult. But I, I think that it's time for us to take an affirming step forward and say, I want to move ahead in my life with Jesus. And if you're feeling benched, if you're feeling, oh, wow, I'm so benched back here, I'm not really engaged with things the way I could be or I should be. I want to say, as you think about that, there is one supernatural person that wants you to stay on the bench, wants you to stay ineffective, wants you to stay disengaged, and wants you to stay unserving of Christ. And who is that? That's the enemy. The enemy wants to keep us on the bench. But Jesus wants to drag us off the bench, I believe, today and give us a brand new focus for the future of head, filled and empowered by his Holy Spirit and renewed by that. I think it's time that we perhaps need to say, uh, maybe today is the day I say, I'm going to step into that renewal. I'm going to step into that restoration. I'm going to step into being relaunched. I want to love him with all my heart. I want to serve him with my hands. I want to be a Jesus person. So I'm just going to ask you one question. Do you, uh, do you respond to that? Do you respond yes? Will you love Jesus with your heart? And will you serve him with your hands? I'm going to ask Sam to come up and just play for us. I'm going to pray in a minute. Um, I'm just going to ask Sam to come and, and uh, play some music for us, some quiet music. Because uh, I want to pray. I want to make this morning a pivotal moment for us. A pivotal moment for us, for us here in the building and also for you at home. I just asked the question, has God been touching you? In this message, in this great story, this narrative from John's Gospel, has, has Jesus been doing some work in your heart today? I want you to think about that because I want to pray. And as I pray, if you want to say, yeah, I, I need to be relaunched. I, I need that. I want to say yes. I want to say yes. I want to love Jesus with my heart. And I want, I want to serve him with my hands. And I, I might have been buffeted about by life and it may not have been COVID it could be anything I, I, I want to I step forward I want to be in a better place I, want, I need the Holy Spirit to help me I need to be inspired by Jesus I need to experience His love again so if that's you if you're a person that, that wants to just say yes today's a day where I want to renew my love for Jesus and I want to re renew my dedication to serve Him with my hands I'm going to say a prayer and during that prayer, if that's you, I'm just going to ask you, wherever you are, just to raise your hand. That's just between you and God. And at the end of the prayer, you can just drop it back down again. So has God spoken to you today? Have you been touched by the Holy Spirit today? 
do you sense that God is talking to you? If that's the case, I'm just going to lead us in a prayer. And as I pray, those people that have really had that encounter, nothing to do with me. It's only got to do with you and Jesus. Just put up your hand. Just acknowledge that to yourself. And then put your hand straight back down. Friends, I'm going to pray. If Jesus has touched you and asked you to love him again with your hearts anew, be restored, renewed, relaunched in life. And it's time that we get off the bench and start to serve him once more with our hands. I'm going to pray a prayer for you people. And if that's you, just between you and God, just raise your hand and then put it down again once you've done that. I'm not even going to look. Heavenly Father, bless these people here today that have heard your great story of the restoration of Peter, filled with deep shame and guilt, gone fishing. But Jesus said, nope, I've got a plan for you. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to renew you. I'm going to relaunch you. I'm going to forgive you and I'm going to trust you again. If Jesus is saying those things to you just right now, just between you and God, just put your hand up and put it back down again. Lord God, we press in. We receive your love. We, we love because you first loved us. And now we respond to your grace with gratitude. That's not enough, Lord. We need to respond with not only our hearts but our hands. Right now, Lord, we just say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? It won't be leading a church, but it will be something. You've shaped me. You've made me. You've given me gifts, talents and experiences. And I want to serve you with all that I have, whatever it is. It's at your disposal. I want to see the days ahead to be days where I'm empowered by the Spirit to do even bold things. And that I do them not driven by guilt or fear or duty. I do them because I'm fueled by gratitude. Because of the love and grace I have received. Amen. Well, friends, in the Lord's Supper, which we move to now, and uh, if you need to grab a capsule or whatever you need to do, I advise you to go and do that. Um, that's what communion is about. It is about the death of Jesus that has brought us to God. It's about his sacrifice on the cross that has made it possible for us to be reconciled to God. As our scripture said, as we were traveling through from, from John, it says this, for this is how God showed his love among us, because love always expresses itself somehow. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And friends, so that we might live through Jesus, we now take these elements that Jesus commanded us to take. We take the uh, little bread that reminds us of Jesus' body broken for us. And I invite you to consume that now. And we also drink the little cup that reminds us that his blood was shed for us, that we might live through him. So let us do that together.
Father God, we thank you. Father God, we thank you for Jesus, for your great gift, your great love, your overflowing, overwhelming love that sent him into the world so that we might know you, that we might always have hope, that we might always receive grace, that we might be forgiven and restored and empowered. We thank you that you have loved us that much. We take these emblems, Lord, and we receive them into our bodies as we receive again the hope and the love of Jesus into our lives today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your sacrifice. Father, thank you for your greatest gift. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.